Chapter 40. Carrara National Park, Costa Rica. Search for the yellow-billed Cotinga. We were heading for the town of Jaco on the Pacific coast. With all the new stuff, my bag felt heavier than ever. We were really hoping to get seats, but ended up having to stand for the two-hour ride from San Jose to Tarculas. Halfway there was a 15-minute stop where we got some drinks. I bought some agua de coco. There was a young guy selling mangoes, which were really sour, and we sprinkled salt on them, Tico-style. We crossed a bridge over a river on the way where I saw huge crocodiles sunbathing on a sandbank down below. I'd read about this place in the guidebook, and it was near to where I wanted to bird. We got dropped off a little further along and sat down at the bus stop and bought a drink at a nearby shop. I wasn't sure how far it would be to a hotel, so I asked a boy nearby. He said his family had a hotel and he ran off to ring his mother. His elder brother soon came along in a minibus to pick us up and took us five minutes back to the hotel. It was nice enough and even had a pool, but at 9,000 colones, $20, it was a little more than I was happy paying. It was only early afternoon, so we went to the beach less than 50 meters away to look at the sea. The beach looked nice from a distance, but at closer range the sand was dark brown, and so fine it turned the breaking waves brown too. We did see our first scarlet macaws, which were flying around and even perched in a tree just 20 meters away. They were bright red and stunningly beautiful. We had dinner at the hotel restaurant run by a family of which every member was huge. Maybe a good sign for the food. We crashed out early, ready for our first day of birding the following day. Carada is another one of the top birding destinations in Central America. It's famous for the scarlet macaws, which are common here, but also for its incredible diversity. One bird book said it was even possible to see 125 species in a single day. I set my sights on the more modest target of 100 species. The open areas around Tarculus were very birdy. The next day when we set off, we got to the main road and a jeep pulled up with a national park guide who gave us a lift to the headquarters a couple of kilometers away. We timed it perfectly, arriving at 7am, before which we wouldn't have even been allowed in anyway. There were trails near the HQ, but supposedly better for wildlife was a trail near the Rio Tarcolis, two kilometers away. We walked there along the main road and started along a wide trail through the forest. We saw so many birds. We also saw peccaries and coatis, which are like raccoons with long snouts. One of our top birds was a weird-looking and aptly named boat-billed heron by a lake halfway along the trail. By now, the public had really started pouring into the park. There were a few bird-watching groups looking for local specialties, like the pretty little orange-coloured mannequins. Everybody was clapping their hands and clicking their fingers, trying to imitate the bird's wing snaps and lure them closer. By the lake, one over-enthusiastic Tico guide was trying to point out water birds to a group of overweight and under-enthusiastic American tourists. You gotta see this bird, it's a hundred dollar bird, he would say. One of the tourists was getting irritated and snapped at him. I can't see it. One of the most impressive birds for me there was an anhinga drying its wings by the side of the lake. Further on we went and the fewer people we were surrounded by. The forest was really nice and we saw some really tropical species like a pair of colourful rufous-tailed jacamars that were hanging around near a steep clay bank hawking for insects. Jacamars usually dig nest holes there. It was getting hot and our food and water were running out. When we got to the end of the trail I had a paddle in the river after deciding that there was no crocs around. On the way back we saw some white-faced capuchin monkeys just nearby in a tree chomping bananas. We hitched a ride back along the road with a nice Tico guy who was going to the beach. When we got back to the hotel, we had a swim in the pool, some dinner in a nearby restaurant and a walk on the beach. I started tallying up my bird list for the day, 
and I'd seen 99 species, of which 19 were lifers, just one short of my goal. That 100 species day still eludes me. The next day I decided I would look for some less spectacular species in not-so-easy areas. After my swim in the pool the other day, I seemed to have caught a cold. I woke up groggy after a restless night's sleep and set off to explore some mangroves near Tarcolas. Mangroves on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica have been much reduced and the remaining fragments are home to two of the region's rarest birds, the mangrove hummingbird and the yellow-billed cotinga. The road branched off to the left and ran parallel to the coast, and the mangroves soon came into view. They bordered a watercourse that was not much more than a muddy ditch with no apparent way to cross. The side road I was following came to an end at a cul-de-sac with a few houses. I doubled back and found a place where I could wade across. My new boots were waterproof, but the level of the water seemed higher than the top of them, so I decided to take them off and wade across. I reached a small island on the other side and spent the morning walking the mangroves around the edge. It wasn't very productive, apart from a few shorebirds I hadn't seen yet, plus the specialist mangrove warbler. No cotingas or hummingbirds to be seen. I also got lost in a grassy area, which I was a bit worried about since the deadly venomous fair-de-land snake was apparently common in the area. I didn't get bitten, but I did manage to lose the light filter that fitted on the end of my brand new camera. There were a few scattered trees there, and as I walked near one of them I saw a long-legged crane hawk staring down at me. I was lost, but I followed the sound of crashing waves and stumbled out of the long grass onto the beach. I was hot, tired, and had lost part of my camera. I'd seen none of my target birds and felt like shit with my cold. It was a relief to get back and have a lukewarm shower and a nice lie down. None of the shops in town seemed to sell fresh fruit, but as luck would have it, a fruit delivery truck which came just twice a week was parked nearby. We had been craving fruit on our long walk yesterday, and we made sure that we had plenty for the next day. We bought a nice big juicy mango which we ate together on the beach, watching the sun go down. Another foreign birder was stood nearby with his telescope, looking out to sea. I went over and introduced myself to see if I could tap him for information. He was called Rhys and was from Holland and had been living in Costa Rica for two years. He'd already bought his ticket for the park so he could get in at dawn, which is what I should be doing. The next day we were going to go to the Carrara National Park and try and find some rare birds for a change. I'd been in the country over ten days now and found only one bird on my list. Not a great success rate. We left the hotel early and did the same walk as last time. The open area on the way to the main road was even better for birds than last time. Stripe-headed sparrows were chattering excitedly in the roadside bushes. I guessed that the park warden that picked us up last time had already gone past, which meant we had to walk the two kilometres to the entrance, which gave us half an hour less in the park itself. I decided it would be better to bird the trails around the HQ first and head to the lake trail afterwards. The forest was really good on Sendero Quebrada Bonito, real jungle, but it was thick and difficult to see anything. We did see some chestnut-backed ant birds hopping around in the undergrowth, but I did still feel that the morning wasn't as productive as it could have been. After walking this area, we managed to hitch a ride to the next trail, two kilometres along the road, and started birding that. There were still quite a lot of birds moving around despite the time, but I still wasn't confident of reaching my target of a hundred species in a day. Quite far along the trail, I heard a really strange call, somewhere between a honk and a buzz. I'd definitely heard it on one of my MDs before, and I racked my brain for which bird it might be. The name Three Wattled Bellbirds sprang into my mind, and I played it to check if I was right. It was a match. I'd heard one of my rare species, but seeing it was a different kettle of fish. Nearby, a trail led into the forest towards where the sound was coming from in the distance. 
We followed it for a while, but the forest was so thick and mosquitoes so numerous that I quickly gave up. The bellbirds had stopped calling as we got closer, and there was no way I'd be able to find them. On the way back, we saw some more spectacular birds, including black-headed trogon and turquoise-browed motmot. In order to give myself a chance of getting a hundred species, I wanted to check out the river from the bridge 500 metres further back along the road. Approaching the bridge, a large grey bird flew into a tree nearby. It had a big bill and looked almost like a cartoon character. It was only when I looked at my bird book later on that I realised it was a female yellow-billed cotinga, an endangered species and one of the birds at the top of my list. From the top of the bridge we looked down on the crocodiles basking on the sandbank directly below. They were at least three metres long, and some maybe even four metres. They looked very capable of eating a person. We tried to hitch back to Tarkolis from the lay-by next to the bridge, but no one stopped for us and we had to catch a bus. Walking from the highway back to the hotel, we passed through an area of open woodland. Looking closely at one of the lower branches, I saw a beautifully camouflaged lesser nighthawk. Tutting up the birding total for the day, I had seen a 104 species. I had managed it at last, and even seen two threatened species. Not a bad day. We were heading back to San Jose, but my girlfriend wasn't feeling well. The bus was a long time in coming, and in the meantime, more and more locals gathered there. The bus arrived full, and I thought my girlfriend would have to stand up all the way back, but a woman sitting next to her soon got off, and she got a seat. It didn't help, and half an hour later she was puking into a plastic bag. It wasn't as waterproof as it looked, and started dripping. We had no other bag, and I thought the best thing to do would be to throw it out the open window, but the problem was that there was a woman's lap in between that I could just see getting splattered with vomit. I found an old newspaper, and we wrapped it in that before tossing it as inconspicuously as we could out the window. She felt better after that, but I felt very guilty for littering the countryside. When we got into San Jose, we checked into a lively hostel. 